the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Kath has the day off. I'm happy to be with you for these next several hours. It's exchanging thoughts and ideas uh, as we move forward. We're going to talk a lot about Advent today. Of course, we are in the very beginning of the Advent season. Advent season is not the Christmas season. Two distinctive things. We'll talk uh, in detail with Elisa Wilkinson about that, about an Advent calendar as well. Hey, um, the easiest thing you're going to do today is get angry, right? Somebody cuts ahead of you in traffic, you get mad. Some guy in front of you at Starbucks needs his entire order remade because of his mocha, half-calf, double frap, had the wrong amount of espresso shots in there, like you're going to notice. You get mad, right? Someone leaves something out in the uh, workplace kitchen. The bowl's been sitting there for a couple of hours. You get mad. We have reached anger overload here. In I guess, I would say the United States. Certainly, we are an angry, angry people. We join the rest of the world. And I bring this up because I'm looking at today's paper, and you see these images of another fight during the uh, Steelers-Charger game. I mean, holy smokes. Images that were captured by a, a freelance photographer show some wackadoodle apparently choking a woman wearing a San Diego, I'm sorry, wearing a Los Angeles Chargers jersey. I mean, this guy, I have not watched the video, and apparently there's a video out there as well. Um, the woman that we now know is pregnant, was trying to intervene in a fight with a Steeler fan. I use that terminology loosely, a Steeler fan. And she was trying to protect her husband. And then the guy moved from the husband to the wife where he grabbed her and was choking her. What is wrong with us? What what have we become as a people where... We are just in a constant state of agitation. And look, I'm not pointing the finger at you because, believe me, I'm as guilty as anybody else, right? I get ticked off, but I I thank God for Jesus in my life, at least, at least, fully, truly, honestly, I surrender that anger, and I don't lead a perfect life. But man, oh man, anger, we are just... A red-hot society just on fire with it. Ephesians four twenty six thirty one. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths 
but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed from the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Uh, no word yet. Uh, you know, it's on social media with the guy who's out there choking pregnant women. Uh, I'm, you know, the guy's image is very clearly seen. Uh, here's a here's a wild guess. Alcohol was involved. Just a wild guess, right? I mean, this was early on in the game. I don't think the game had even started yet. Where some guy grabbed this woman. How many fights broke out? I mean, this was also the same fight I think where the guy headbutted somebody else, right? And I'm sure you know people were calling for Steeler security. I'm sure by the time that Steeler security got there, the thing was uh, the dust up was over. But I mean, the Chargers fans, their image of Pittsburgh forever altered, right? They're never going to come back here, and all their friends and family. Gonna, what what happened to you? You got strangled at a football game how is it that we've become this way what is it about us that we are so i think the big thing is that we are so um quick to get angry there's to me that's it that every little thing just pisses us off what is the point of that it's pride, isn't it? It's uh, it's ego, uh, probably more than anything. Ego. That, how dare you? How dare you? I, you get me so upset. Oh, I'll show you. I'll slash back. Our pride, our ego, that I occupy this space, and you should not in any which way jeopardize or, what, relinquish my happiness, my joy, my rights as a citizen, my materialistic endeavors. And if they clank up against yours, well, then get out of the way. Humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord because we are a hot and holy mess. Truly, we are. I mean, even though, you know, as believers, we're not immune to this. Look at the church. How often do you get somebody angry at somebody that you worship with? That guy, right? Sunday, Sunday morning in the sanctuary. Oh, that guy. I'm staying away from him. He makes me angry. We're just such a bunch of infants. Sad, angry lot. Good golly. Do we need Jesus more than ever? <laughs> We're angry. Angry, angry. Because what? Something is owed to us. Half of all of Americans, I read this uh, in, a, in a poll, half of all Americans are angrier today than they were a year ago. Half of all Americans. Where's our empathy for each other? Let me look. I got a friend who's at the hospital on a regular basis. How much anger is there in hospitals? I mean, my guess is if you walked into Children's Hospital, you would see some anger. Mostly, you would see despair and sadness. But I think that when you would walk into Children's Hospital. You would see how fragile life is. And that anger would dissipate, knowing that we are these little blobs of flesh who are put upon by cancer and all these things that crush the human body. 
and find their way into our psyche. If you're going to be angry at something, be angry at children dying, especially at the Advent season, especially any time. Our anger is misplaced, isn't it? Our anger should be at injustice. Our anger should be at entitlement that's run amok. Our anger should be at ourselves and our inability to get down on our knees and praise the Lord of the universe, to ask for forgiveness. Our anger should be at ourselves, that we are so small and petty. (laughs) But instead, our anger is against our fellow man wearing a different sports team's jersey because we're losing a football game. Good gravy. God help us all. Hey, Cassaway, like I said, uh, prayers for Kath and for uh, her life, just because. And prayers for you as well. Peace be with you on this day, this Tuesday, this second day of Advent, actually, which we're going to spend, I said a little earlier, the 5 o'clock hour, diving deeper with a couple of guests about Advent. In a few minutes, we're going to talk with Gavin Ortland about um, loving, (laughs) the panacea. To anger. Stick around for that, won't you please? It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy, the Tuesday edition here on Word FM. Back in a few minutes. WORD. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Connie's concerned for wit. I'm in perfect health. Well, perfectly healthy people don't faint. Which leads her to do some late night reading. I'm researching wit symptoms online. And ask wit some strange questions. Do you ever have the desire to, I don't know, eat dirt? What? Find out what's really going on next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of my pillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried my pillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four pack special. Just call 1 800 961 9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two my pillows plus two go anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending 
extending their money-back guarantee on the four-pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. kind of snappy. A little jazzy Christmas music. Gavin Ortland is with us. Dr. Ortland is a husband, a father, a pastor, a writer. He serves as senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Ojai in Ojai, California. Gavin blogs regularly at an excellent site, GavinOrtland.com. Wrote a piece called Pastors Should Love People, Like People, Not Just Love Them. Gavin, welcome back. How are you, friend? Good to hear you. Hey, good to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Gavin, I started the show by talking about anger. Um, there has been um, a, a video making the way around. There was a, a football game uh, here in Pittsburgh where some drunken fan was uh, <laughs> so drunk that he uh, started to choke a pregnant woman. And, uh, I mean, you beg the question, how crazy do you have to be? How filled with rage and anger or drunken do you have to be that you're choking people? Now, uh you think about the opposite of this, about the, the hate that we are living with uh, in modern America and how difficult it is for for us as disciples of Christ to surrender our rage and instead focus on the Savior. Thank God we have the Savior. But no matter if you're a pastor or you're someone in the pews, you're still trying to follow Jesus and loving is one thing, right? To love your neighbor, we are called. But to like them, it's an entirely different matter, whether you're a pastor or it's just someone who's attending service. Right. Yeah. And, and I do hear you on, on where our culture's at and the, the fan that you mentioned and then so many other things in our culture right now, The just the state of the way we talk to each other about politics and about other disagreements we have. It's uh, it's a challenging time, but I do think it's an opportunity for the church to show kindness and show a different way. And one of the things I've been thinking about with that, and this is what led to this blog post, is just the importance of affection in our relationships, in our communication. And it kind of began for me with my, because I'm a dad, I have three young kids, Excellent. five years old, three years old, and one years old. Oh, you're fortunate. So. I am very blessed and very tired many, many mornings when I, <laughs> because we're still working on sleeping through the night and those things. But uh, one of the things somebody once told me is that, um, and changed my whole way of thinking about parenting, and then by extension, my whole way of thinking about being a pastor, is that your kids can tell whether you enjoy them or not, um, whether you're, because I've heard pastors say, you know, you need to love people, but you don't necessarily need to like people. And I, I kind of feel I have misgivings about that because I think, well, I do think it's important. I understand you're not going to be best friends with everybody. Sure. But I do think affection is really important in our relationships and not just our kids, but people can tell if we genuinely enjoy interacting with them. Yeah. And so that's one thing I've been trying to work at is really enjoying people because I think that helps us show kindness and be countercultural in that way. 
that's an excellent point. And it's, I'm sure for a pastor, it's difficult to like everyone because more often than not, especially for the cranks in the congregation, and of course, you're, if you're part of a church for any time, everybody knows who the cranky people are, and they want to point the finger at the pastor for whatever. I mean, the multitude of things that may not suit them right, whether it's the theology or the Bibles or the lighting in the, in the sanctuary. So to love someone is one thing, and especially as a pastor, to like your congregants, it's a very difficult thing. So how do you break through that, Gavin? Because um, you're a target. Yes, and there there can be people who are, are critical and who are negative, and that's a, a dynamic in the church. There are also so many people, and we've been so blessed at our church to have so many people like this, who genuinely want to love their pastor, encourage their pastor. That's great. And one of the things that I have found really helpful is to celebrate the good things that you see. Um, and I think this is a, a principle that can probably apply for everybody, not just pastors, but, you know, when you see... God doing some great work in someone's life, when you see someone who's made a breakthrough, to not rush over that, but really celebrate that um, and, and, and draw attention to it. And, you know, it's easy to get discouraged and to get negative when we're just looking at all the problems. Yeah. And if we live in close proximity to other people, as we do when we're a part of a church, or certainly when I've got three young kids... Um, and we're all under the same roof, there will be times where, you know, you have to address a problem or you have to go into more of a corrective mode and you're the disciplined person. But it's so healthy, I think, whenever you can to be positive. You know, hey, great job for this, saying thank you a lot, Um, noticing the the good things in others. I I think that's one way we can cultivate affection and and gratitude in our hearts for people. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, we tend not to do that, right? You tend to take the good things for granted and focus on the negative stuff quickly. So to call people out, that's so I was thinking about what you just said, because on Sunday, our pastor from the pulpit called out a couple of people who had done some good work recently. And everybody kind of knew it anyway, but by him saying that, I mean, you could see that you could see everybody, the, the people that were involved. Obviously, their body, their body chemistry changed. You know, their body attitude changed. And then after the service, people g- gathered around and said, you know, yeah, blah, 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 good stuff. So it does yeah, exactly. help to be called out. It is so, I mean, it's something I feel like I learn it over and over again. <laughs> and I think I understand it, but then I, I keep trying to do it, and I just learn afresh at how powerful it can be to uh, speak words of encouragement. Um, this, it, just a couple weeks ago, I was uh, in my devotions reading through Proverbs, and I noticed uh, how many verses there are about the power of the tongue, you know? Um, the positive words, life-giving words can, can, can give life to people. You know, the power of life is in the tongue. And it occurred, I felt convicted because I thought, you know, I honestly, I tend to encourage people when I think to, but I don't have any um, deliberate uh, rhythms or structures to encourage people. And so one of the things I've started doing is, this is going to make me sound hyper-organized, <laughs> but <laughs> I, do, I do tend to live by my Google Calendar. And so I literally have things on my Google Calendar where I'll at least once a week do either a text or email encouragement, just so that I'm not... Because if I don't have it on my calendar, I'll forget. Right. And it's it's healthy for the other person, but what I've also found is it's healthy for me to articulate things that you're grateful for, say, hey, way to go, good job, 
And I'm always amazed at the difference that a simple thing like that can make in someone's life. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay, so um, uh, I'm not as super organized as that, but... But I do find, you know, I'm years ago, when I was a kid, I was like 17 or 18, I met a guy who was maybe five or six years older than me who I respected. And he said, he would always say on a regular basis, hey, man, I liked what you did when, and you did this. And I thought, I love that. You know, I love the idea of encouragement. It's become part of my life. Um, it's an intentional thing, right? It's, but it's a great gift. You're giving away, but you also get to share in the gift. Yes. And it's amazing how it can affect the whole culture of a group. Um, there's been a couple times where in a, in a staff meeting, or even, and I actually did this, and we have a, uh, our church is not as large as some. We're about 125 people, so we can do this. But I, in the, in the welcome time of a church service, just opened it up, and I, I you know, expressed thanks to someone, and I say, does anybody else want to express gratitude Oh, that's today? good. That's really good. And it was amazing because at first no one no one was quick to you know they had to take a second to think of something, but what amazed me is once we got going, um, we just it, you know one person led to another and another, and the the effect that it had on the spirit of the room was so wonderful you could tell it it, it created happiness gratitude it's it's healthy for the whole culture when when that's part of the part of the way we, we learn to talk. That's wonderful. Gavin Ortland is with us. He's a pastor in Ojai, California. We're talking about um, how you can love people, uh, not necessarily love people, but really like people. And from a pastor's perspective, which that's a, there's a lot of complexity going on there. So encouragement is a great tool in your in your toolkit, uh, Gavin. How about, um, I love this, <laughs> I love this, because I say this a lot, that I, I do say to people, and I make a point of it because I mean it, that I love you. And that's a simple thing. It's almost like encouragement as well, but it, it drills down a little bit deeper. Yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, I, I thought of that point because, and I mentioned this in the blog post, my grandfather, who was a pastor, uh, I'm told, uh, once stopped in the middle of a sermon and just looked around to, to the congregation and just expressed those words, I love you. And I think because I, I know who my grandfather was, I know what he was like, I know what was in his heart. He was a genuinely loving, wonderful man. So probably because he was like that, um, it really made an impact upon people. And I think that's a huge part, especially when a church or an organization or a company or whatever is going through challenges and there needs to be corrective or there needs to be um, discipline or something like that, or especially as a parent, you know, disciplining kids. When that happens, I think it's so important to, to go the extra mile to kind of be extra careful to communicate love. And um, there's an old saying that, you know, when love is not felt, the message is not heard. Uh, I think that's true. If people don't feel loved, they have a harder time listening to, to your message. And so I think even, you know, obviously saying those words, I love you, is not, you know, all we need to do, but the words matter, and I am always amazed at how powerful they can be. Nice. Okay, so if you're encouraging people around you, if you are loving people and actively showing that love and also saying that love, then it just goes to show, and you talk about this in your blog piece, that you should pray for people regularly, and in that prayer, also be an object of affection and encouragement by letting people do things for you as well. Yes, 
That was one thing that I thought of that kind of surprised me. Um, it can help you have affection for people if you let them serve you. And uh, sometimes we think that when we love people, it's always got to be us doing something for them. And I think it can be healthy to build a mutual relationship where, you know, some people have such a hard time uh, letting others serve them. You know, it's like when the disciples are getting their feet washed by Jesus and Peter is uncomfortable and he's saying, Lord, what are you doing this for me for, you know? And some of us have a hard time letting someone else wash our feet, so to speak. We, it just is uncomfortable. We don't, we have a hard time letting people in. And I think one of the ways we can cultivate affection for people in our relationships is just finding ways to receive. You know, sometimes people really want to bless us and they have a particular language. My son, my five-year-old son's love language is gifts. So he's always making me paper airplanes and <laughs> I get home from work every day and he's got me some new present. <laughs> so I'm, I'm learning to, you know, communicate with him in his love language and I get him a lot of presents but also just, you know, sincerely enjoying those and playing with those and, and accepting them from him is a way to cultivate affection. And I think as simple as that principle is, I actually think that has a lot of relevance for relationships, you know, letting someone uh, bless you in a way that they want to do that and not, not feeling guilty or like you're asking too much of them, but just letting them do that. It's a great way to build a healthy, affectionate relationship with them. Oh, that's good. Gavin Ortland's with us. We're talking about learning how to like people. So um, allowing people to serve you, saying that I love you, um, show interest in people's lives. Uh, this one I think is really interesting is that uh, years ago when I got married, uh, somebody gave us uh, a mirror. And it was this really cool uh, homemade mirror. And at the bottom of it, it says they inscribed, you are the face of love. So, you know, when you're getting ready in the morning and you see yourself and you're going to go, all right, I, I am the face of love. So you, you put this in a different way where you see people through God's eyes. Mm, yes. Yes, that is one of the things that helps me the most as a pastor. And I think this is true for all of those who are followers of Christ and are a part of a church. It's helpful to remember, you know, what brought us together as the church is ultimately what Jesus did for us. And therefore, um, the people that we're in relationship with at our church, whether we, you know, have a similar personality and common interests and can relate to them really easily, or whether it's more of a struggle, the ultimate basis for our friendship is not just, you know, what we might have in common. It's the fact that Jesus died for them. And when I think about that, especially as a pastor, though I think this can apply to, to anybody, if you think about it, you know, Jesus gave his life for these people. He's the great, the great shepherd. These are sheep that he considered worth, worthy of his life, worthy of his blood. Um, he gave his life for them. That's how much he loves them. He was willing to be crucified for them. Um, if that's the measure of his love, then, and I, I got to fix my heart on that. And, you know, for people who are listening to this, who maybe have a difficult relationship in their lives with another person at their church or something like that, it can be helpful to go back to that and, and say, let me remember how, how God sees this person. Um, the, the Russian writer Dostoevsky had this famous quote, which I think is really insightful, and that is, to love another person is to see them through God's eyes, um, to see them as they could be, to imagine them as they will be when they're perfected in heaven and fully 
glorified in heaven. To, to think of them in that way, you know, that's what they're going to be like one day if they've trusted in Jesus. So I want to look at them and through that lens. That's the way God sees them. And that helps me find affection and love in my heart and try to treat someone in light of that. that that's a great resource we have, I think, to show the kind of kindness and respect and, and goodwill that will be countercultural in our culture right now and helps us um, testify to the gospel and show that the love of Jesus is real. That's really excellent. Gavin, thanks an awful lot. I, I always appreciate the tenderness of your heart and how you're able to share that with our audience. It's a great blessing that you're with us here today. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Great to be with you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Me as well. Gavin Ortland. you can find him online. He writes a terrific blog, GavinOrtland.com, from Ojai, California, First Baptist Church of Ojai. Hey, stick around. Uh, a great encouragement in many ways ahead for you and for me as well. We're not here alone, right? The Christ Jesus is with us. Stick around. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Snoring. It's not funny, and it's definitely not normal. It's actually a sign that you're not breathing properly while you sleep, and you're probably ruining your partner's sleep as well. If you have a blocked or narrow nose, then you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, resulting in the loud, noisy sounds of snoring. But now, thanks to an Australian innovation called Mute, the answer to your snoring problem may be right under your nose. Mute is an easy-to-use and comfortable nasal dilator that sits inside the nose and supports your airway, keeping it open while you sleep. It helps you breathe more easily through your nose so you can keep your mouth closed. In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute, allowing them both to enjoy a better night's sleep. Mute is available now at Walgreens or your local drugstore. Find your nearest store at MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. For all the many years that we've been doing the ride home with John and Kathy, both Kath and I really appreciate all the advertisers who've been with us. Grove City College is our newest advertiser, and 
and we are so happy that Grove City is with us. Both of our children attend Grove City, so we, as proud parents of children who attend Grove City College, we say thank you to Grove City College. Of a lot of clouds around tonight, there will be some flurries around very late tonight, a low down to 27. Cloudy and cold through the day tomorrow with a few snow showers. Could be a few slick spots around, high 32. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night, low 25. And then for Thursday, mostly cloudy. Some snow arrives late, high 34. That snow likely bringing a small accumulation through Thursday evening. I'm Acura the Meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, our contest is up and running for the second year in a row. Where in the world is Christmas Timmy? We did this last year and had a lot of fun. So we have this um, Christmas uh, intern. We have an intern, Timmy. He goes out and about and he takes photos of various places in western Pennsylvania. And then he posts them uh, on our website, johnandkathyshow.com, our Instagram, all of our social media stuff. You'll find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, yada, yada, ding dong. All that, all those places. And so there's, you know, there's Timmy. Wearing the Santa hat just to identify Timmy is who he is because you don't you don't you don't see Timmy often. He's also very quiet, a very shy intern, but he's a fine, fine young man. Anyway, so Timmy's posting these photos. He's going to do it until I think December nineteenth. I hope so. I mean, he's an intern after all, and so um, we would like you to keep track of all those different places, and then you can submit your entry. There'll be one grand prize winner. And they get themselves a beautiful springhouse ham, of which I got to tell you, it's been on my Christmas table this past several years. Highly recommended. So where in the world is Christmas, Timmy? It's going on right now. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. I'm sorry, johnandkathyshow.com. Check us out there, okay? Uh, day two? Day two photos up and about, is it? Okay, very nice. All right. Hey, um, we were talking about anger a little earlier in the, um, in the show about that wackadoodle who's at the Steeler game. God help us. I, I, I don't know. You pray for peace. How do we become more peaceful people? You know, and believe me, I'm not just pointing the finger at the, at the crazy guy at the Steeler game. I'm saying for myself. For myself. How do you live in intentional peace on a daily basis? I, I mean, I, I don't have all the answers. I just tell you, from again, from where I am, where does it start? It starts in prayer. Right? It starts in prayer. Because when we pray, essentially what we do is we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves because we, we know that there is a God greater than us. Right? That a God of the universe. I'm laughing because it's ridiculous to even, you know, to, to say it. Of course it's true. Of course it's, there is a God that is so incredible and so creative and so desirous of a connection with us, of course, that we humble ourselves when we go into communion and relationship with him. And by doing so, by deeply humbling ourselves, you how can we, you be angry? How can you be fussy for long if you know the truth of the truth of that? Right? That's such a mess, aren't we? we uh, I, with age, I, I know this is true because it's happened in my own life. With age does come a measure of wisdom. And I believe with age also comes a measure of peace. Aren't you, 
if you've lived into your 40s or your 50s or your 60s, certainly are, are you not a more peaceful and more wise person than you were as a, a teen or a, a, somebody in their 20s? Yes, right? I mean, that's what wisdom does, right? Whether wisdom acquired through hard knocks or uh, the wisdom in an intentional manner, it changes you. And especially if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and his power and grace and forgiveness and and wrath, dare I say that as well, all that makes us people that are wise and kind and loving. So when you see wackadoodles who are drinking to excess and then strangling people at football games, I say, I say for myself, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I don't have to be that person, that I don't have to carry that baggage, that I don't need to surround myself with rage because we live in such a rage-filled world. So as believers of Jesus, we should be on the front lines of being people of peace despite our political what connectedness to whomever. Despite all that, it should be Jesus first and foremost. And I say this again, not to preach to you, but for me to hear this myself. That Jesus first in all things is the balm of life. That's what I say today. Take a break. Come back. We got lots more ahead. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, helping is more than good intentions. I'm into that. Amy Simpson's with us. She's a regular on our show. She herself is an agent of peace and love. Stick around. Amy Simpson in helping. 101.5 WORD. How can you share with a friend about your pro-life views in a persuasive yet inoffensive manner? Well, Scott Klusendorf will equip you to creatively and effectively speak with others about the complete humanness and God-given value of all preborn babies. Listen in to the next Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Since 1984, Basket of Pittsburgh has been sending gifts all over the country that embody the spirit of Pittsburgh. Classy, sophisticated, creative, our gifts are sure to impress. We support local companies. Don't settle for overpriced national gift baskets and the fancy packaging tricks. Basket of Pittsburgh offers full-size products from our favorite Pittsburgh brands. Every Basket of Pittsburgh gift purchase comes with a sincere intention and a desire to impress the recipient. We understand our role in this process and take it very seriously. Whether it's a birthday gift for Grandma Marie in Florida, a sports gift for your favorite black and gold fan, or a professional gesture for a corporate client, we are your destination for the very best gifts. 
from one to 500 gifts, local delivery, or ship nationally. We've been named one of the top gift companies in the country. Order online at basketofpittsburgh.com. That's basketofpittsburgh.com. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Downtown Irwin celebrates your sweet tooth. It's the annual Christmas cookie tour. This Friday, come to Main Street. Enjoy cookie samples, horse-drawn carriage rides, and see Santa at the Cheesecake Cafe. This Friday, discover Irwin, the biggest small town in Pennsylvania. Most people like to help out, don't they? Yeah, I want to lend a helping hand, right? But how we help out, right, really matters. What we do. Amy Simpson's with us. Amy's a regular guest on our show. She is uh, an acquisitions editor at Moody Publishing and a fine author in her own right. Uh, among her many books, Blessed Are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in the Imperfect World, Troubled Minds, Mental Illness in the Church's Mission, and Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. Uh, at her blog, uh, she wrote a terrific piece called Helping is More Than Good Intentions. Hi, Amy. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. Uh, good to be with you today. Thank you. Uh, Cass not here with me today. She's taking the day off. But uh, let's focus on, on your terrific story that you tell, which centers around being sweet or salty. T- tell us the story about you and your bad back. <laughs> yeah, so this was several years ago, um, probably, you know, 10 years ago at this point. Um, but, I, yeah, I suffered a back injury, and it was kind of a, it was like a kind of a traumatic back injury. Ouch. And it meant that I had, yeah, it was pretty bad, actually. Um, and it meant, you know, I was in surgery, you know, very soon after the injury. Hmm. Um, so it wasn't like, uh, you know, a problem that developed over time. It was unexpected I that see. suddenly I would be out having surgery and then, and then recovering for a long time because back surgery is pretty, a pretty, pretty major procedure with yeah. a, can have a long recovery. So the cool thing was, you know, a lot of people came around us and, and helped out with our family. We had small children. Um, and I had a bunch of coworkers who signed up to bring meals to us and um, help out our family during that time. So that was awesome. And, of course, lots of people have had that experience where, you know, people are providing for them, feeding them, making sure their family has what they, has what they need to keep going while, while one of the responsible parties is out of commission. Um, so during this time, people would come to our door every day, bring us a meal, um, make sure we were fed. We were really grateful for this. This was, you know, truly helpful to us. Um, but there was one day that uh, a family brought over a meal, and this they said some of them were more elaborate than others, you know. So sometimes people would bring over a pizza. You yeah, know, okay. Way, or sometimes people would bring over, you know, casserole. Other other times it, people would bring like a three-course meal, nice. you know, with a, a salad and a soup and, a, and an entree and a dessert. So wow. this was one of those, um, one of those days when, when the family brought over a more elaborate meal, which was really nice, and we – had this, they brought this delicious looking cobbler for dessert. So we, you know, we stuck it in the oven, we kept it warm while we were eating, and we could smell it, you know, throughout the house <laughs> because it was in the oven. And yeah. we were looking forward to enjoying it. So we, we finished the rest of the meal and we served up this cobbler and we took our first bites, 
you know, really anticipating the the wonderful taste of this dessert. And it was very shocking uh, because the dessert actually tasted terrible <laughs> and completely did not meet our expectations. And you know that, that experience you have when even if something tastes good, if it just doesn't taste like you were expecting it to taste, it's a real shock, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, this not only tasted completely different from what we were expecting, it, it actually tasted really, truly awful. Oh. So we, um, it was pretty quick, um, our realization why this had happened, and it was pretty obvious that the whoever made this dessert had actually used salt instead of sugar. What? Um, so it was the cobbler was extremely salty. Holy smokes! Wait, like, so somehow in the in the recipe, what they were making this cobbler, and it calls, I'm sure, obviously for sugar, but they replaced yeah. it with salt. How would they? How they make that mistake? I wonder. They just you know grab something that was white and granular. That's a good question. I guess that must be what happened. Maybe it was a uh, they had a couple of containers sitting there, and yeah, they grabbed the wrong one. Oh so, my goodness! Um, it was you know it's pretty obvious, and when you, when you have that much salt, you know it's kind of burnt. burnt yeah. Here, you know, it has like a burning feeling. So, so I picture everybody sitting around the table and taking first bites of this beautiful cobbler and going, and, and you know, <laughs> yeah, what? Exactly. get it out of my mouth. It is disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you poor things. So. It was bad. So, you know, we did not, needless to say, we did not eat the dessert that day. <laughs> no. Um, no. And it was funny because, you know, a couple of, a while later, when I was back at work, um, this coworker whose family had brought over this meal came up to me and said, I just want to tell you, I'm really sorry because we realized later that um, that we had done this. Like, they realized they, that they had used salt instead of sugar and felt really bad about it. So oh my goodness. Um, this was actually, you know, they, they realized that what they had wanted to provide for us was not exactly what they had provided for us. And, you know, the thing is, we weren't mad about this. It was, it was, a, funny, it was a funny story. Yeah. It was actually a, something we laughed over later with these, with these friends. But, you know, it basically it was an example of someone providing, thinking they were providing something great and actually providing something awful that yeah, wasn't. Yeah exactly what we needed so good intentions just misplaced yeah exactly and uh you know not not didn't turn out to be the the thing that they thought it would be for us it didn't turn out to be a blessing it turned out to be you know almost a curse (laughs) (laughs) right right so then how does this apply to your christian life when you use this analogy this story about sweet or salty what does it mean to you now when you think about service yeah, you know, I think about, and, and I, I see examples of this often, and in, in fact, I think even just out, you know, on the news or out in popular culture, um, seeing people who have great intentions to, to help others or to make a big difference in some way, and and they don't get it right, you know? Um, and we've all had that experience, too, I think, Heck where yeah. we, we want to offer help to someone, and we, we maybe realize in the moment or later that what I'm trying to do here is not helping you know, whether it's, um, you know, we, we know we see somebody who has a problem and we think, well, we see clearly what the solution is. And we go and offer them advice and they don't want advice at all. <laughs> you know, they want maybe a listening ear or they want some empathy or they want, um, you know, someone to affirm their, their intentions or whatever. And, you know, I think all of us have had that experience in one way yes. or another. Yes. That's so good. Okay, so sweet or salty, you're expecting one thing, something else comes your way. We're trying to do good, but things aren't always what they seem. I mean, that's just a good lesson, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's important for us to think about um, when we seek to to help someone that what we offer may not be what the person needs or it may not be what they can receive, what they're in a position to receive at that point, even if what we have to offer might actually be really helpful. They're just not receptive to it right now. So it's important, I think, to think think that through. What can they actually receive from me and what do they need rather than what we're often tempted to do is to focus on what we want to give them rather than what they need to hear or what they need to receive. Um, Because sometimes, you know, let's face it, helping people can be about us. Oh, that's really good. That's excellent. Okay, so what I, I can offer this, I know I've got this, right? But they don't necessarily need what I've got. So there has yeah, to be a little exactly. bit of subtlety and some insight, uh, a, a little deeper than my own stinginess. Even though I'm willing to, and I, I want to help, but I'm, but I'm going to be stingy if I sort of push my my want or my need or what my gift I think is, and then it's not really received well because it's not necessarily wanted. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes it's even about alleviating our own sense of guilt. Um, or, you know, relieving some pressure that builds up in us when we see someone in need. And, and maybe we don't have a great solution, actually, but we just want to do something. And so we offer something, and sometimes that ends up making things worse. Or, it you know, it ends up just not being well-received. So I think we have to kind of take a step back often and, and ask ourselves very honestly, is what I'm offering, is this really about me? You know, is this designed to make me feel better or is this designed truly to meet the need that I see in the way that I think that the person will receive it? Um, It's just a very different starting point for offering help. And Um, and it's very subtle, but it's a really important point. Yeah, exactly. You know, another um, example I, I often encounter, this is just this, you know, mundane little example, but there's a... There's a, a path by my house, a recreational path. So there are a lot of bikers and walkers and, and joggers, you know, out on that path all the time. Mm-hmm. And it crosses some busy roads. Um, there's not always a, you know, a stoplight or a, a way to stop the traffic at that point. And often when I'm on that path, I have the experience of, you know, crossing, a, coming up to a busy intersection. There's traffic going along the road. And I'm just you know, obviously I'm going to wait for that traffic to clear before I try to cross the cross the street on yeah. the path. And sometimes, you know, we have these well-intentioned drivers who right. see somebody on that path and they decide to stop. Which could create so that, a major traffic problem. Exactly. So all the traffic behind them is backed up. And maybe the person who who stopped, you know, maybe they wanted to stretch or <laughs> take a breather or, you know, take a break. And now suddenly they're forced to cross the street. Right. and Maybe they stop, but the traffic coming the other way doesn't stop, and so I can't cross anyway. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where I think um, sometimes the driver, it's really about the driver. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't feel comfortable going when there's somebody waiting, so they want to stop, even though they haven't really thought about, like, what's actually going to be the most helpful in this situation. It's probably to keep going yes. and, you know, to clear the area of traffic. So just, so you know, one of those mundane examples, but again, asking ourselves that question, is this really about me or is it really about the other person and do i believe it will be truly helpful to them and is it likely to be well received is it what they need right now because sometimes what they, what we offer is going to be helpful it is what they need but they're and they might receive it later 
you know, but right now it's not what they need. So. That's really good. Amy, thanks an awful lot. It's a really excellent distinction in a culture, especially in the church culture that wants to be helpful, but helping is more than good intentions. That's the name of your piece. Thanks again, Amy. Yeah, thank you. Our pleasure. AmySimpson.com. You can find her on the web. Helping is more than good intentions. Stick around. Five o'clock coming up. Advent. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at extremetruck.net. The way you get your medicine prescriptions is now changing across America. GoGoMeds.com can deliver your medicine right to your door. Ask your doctor to send your prescription to GoGoMeds.com. Once you fill in your information, it's in the system and your prescription is delivered. It's just that easy. Go to GoGoMeds.com and use the promo code MIKE2018 and save $10 on your first prescription. That's GoGoMeds.com and the promo code MIKE2018 gets you $10 off your first prescription. I used to have more hair. I used to have more color. And I used to have cancer. I beat it. I did. Not alone. I used to have no idea what the American Cancer Society did. Research? Yeah. But also free rides to chemo and free lodging near hospitals. I used to maybe give a little. Then I got so much back. I used to have cancer. Please give at cancer.org. Hey, welcome. Cast taking the day off. A little Tom Fulry going on here in the studio. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know if this is an age thing. It probably is. When somebody starts that uh, starts a sentence out like that, I don't know if it's an age thing. Then you know clearly. It's an AIDS thing. My wife was out last night with some friends, and I came home and saw my uh, my uh, my youngest. He's the only one at home right now. And so we had dinner together. But seriously, it was like 8.45. 8.45, and I was like, I'm so tired. I, I just need to go to bed. And I was in bed with the covers up like at 5 after 9. I just And I'm laying there, and I'm thinking – this is the greatest thing in the history of the universe. I was kind of like laughing to myself. Like I couldn't believe I was actually <laughs> in bed at five to nine or five after nine. Just really super excited. 
I don't know what that means. I don't know why. I just thought I'd share it with you. Hey, a five o'clock hour, Advent. We're going to talk about Advent Explained from chocolate calendars to reason church. The season is all about anticipation. That's next. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks fell sharply on Wall Street Tuesday as traders worried that the U.S. and China made less progress than originally thought on diffusing their dispute over trade. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed down almost 800 points today. White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow says there are challenges to reaching a broad deal with China. China has discussed these things with the U.S. many times down through the years, and the results have not been very good. So this time around, this time around, as I said, I'm hopeful we're covering more ground than ever. They are more cooperative than ever. The wave of selling erased the market's gains from a day earlier when stocks rallied after the U.S. and China agreed to a temporary truce in their trade dispute. Investors' confidence in that truce faltered Tuesday, contributing to renewed fears that the disagreement between the two economic powerhouses could slow the global economy. The Nasdaq was down by 284. This is SRN News. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of my pillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried my pillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four pack special. Just call 1 800 961 9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two my pillows plus two go anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money back guarantee on the four pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10 year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. It's me, the kid who sang, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I grew up, got my teeth. Turns out, not super impressive. What I really should have sang was, all I want for Christmas is to go to Fun for All Family Fun Park's Holiday Lights Mini Golf. They turn 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf into a Holiday Lights extravaganza like no other. From 5 to 10 p.m. November 16th through January 2nd, it's the most fantastic way to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Still got it. Learn more at funforall.com backslash holiday lights. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. Just pay half Pittsburgh.com is the best place to get great gifts for half price. Right now, get deals from Cine Roasted Almonds, Caliente Pizza and Draft House, Qdoba Mexican Grill, and many more. To have your business featured, send an email to customer service at justpayhalfpittsburgh.com. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. 
That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec will be there on the spot fast with portable units to save valuable product. And they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Of a lot of clouds around tonight, there will be some flurries around very late tonight, a low down to 27. Cloudy and cold through the day tomorrow with a few snow showers. Could be a few slick spots around, high 32. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night, low 25. And then for Thursday, mostly cloudy. Some snow arrives late, high 34. That snow likely bringing a small accumulation through Thursday evening. I'm Acuba, the meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Kath's taking the day off. Prayers for Kath. Prayers for Kath. She's fine. Just want to put that out there for you. If you, you love Kath and you listen on a regular basis, uh, lift her up today. Hey, um, it's Christmas is breaking out here at the, the Word FM studios. We're in the full throes of uh, Advent fever. There is such a thing. Um, Lynn, our uh, Earthwild receptionist, she uh, was decorating today. The tree's up. There's wreaths out. There's uh, Mike's got a little Christmas tree in his studio. Um, you know, this happens if if you work like. If you work in a public place like this, does this happen in offices elsewhere? I mean, yesterday, the good uh, folks from uh, Family Life the, came in here, and they brought in um, some Orms. Orms Donuts. Holy smokes. There we go. There's the Orms Donut music. Um, what What were those, Mike? Were those just cinnamon rolls? There's massive cinnamon buns, like the size of a hubcap. If you, they're huge. Oh, they were so. And I've been trying to be um, sugar free lately. Oh, good luck with that. Well, you know, at face. first you said to me yesterday you want one of these, and I was like, no, 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 no. They're amazing. And the, so then I was in my office, and I was like, uh, uh, you know, so so then I, of course I gave in and went and had one. Oh my gosh! I think that is the largest cinnamon bun I've ever seen in my life. The, but but they're also excellent. They're amazing. Oh, they were so wonderful. They're so good. Yeah, Orem's in uh, Beaver Falls, a tradition since 1938. And then, today, this showed up in What's the that? kitchen. The Whitman Women's. Sampler. We This has been a family tradition for us forever and ever and ever, the Whitman Sampler. So, my wife will get, not just the, she'll get a Whitman's dark chocolate sampler. Mm. Exactly. What I appreciate about the Whitman people is that they give you a road map. When you open up, the, I like that. So then you know exactly because I remember being a kid and my mom would buy like you know the, the candy, the chocolate, and you had no idea what you were biting into. Yes. Sometimes you get something, and you go, "That's like a jelly thing," which was disgusting. Or you like hit a home run and get like something. I like, don't like a chewy caramel. I don't like the mystery box of chocolate. No, neither do I. But you know, if it comes your way, it comes your way. Um, in the Whitman sampler. This has been around for an awful long time. Oh, since 1842. Now, there's Orm since 1938. Whitman since 1842. So there's this little impressive little list here of the... Hold on. And, I'm, and someone has already gone through the first layer, which is, which is fine, because you know in the Whitman sampler, you got the second layer. Of course. Which is like super bonus. Somebody's already gone through that second layer. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm having some. I'm, I'm live on air. I'm drinking. I'm, I'm eating the Whitman sampler. Drinking. Uh, <laughs> Mike, uh, yourself. I'm going to do the uh, the coconut, which is the top left corner. It's kind of like bingo. Top left corner is uh, the coconut Whitman sampler. You can have that one. Oh, someone! I see somebody already did the uh, cherry cordial. You like the cherry? I love the cherry. Oh, cordial. that's that's gone. And how about the bottom is a uh, oh the chocolate truffle, which is also fine. The chocolate whip. How about the cashew? Cl- oh, someone already had that. Oh, that's oh, gone. That's oh, the one the I cashew was cashew cluster going for. The molasses chew, I think, is my favorite. Ew. Oh no, Mike, that's really really good. Anyway, thanks to the Whitman people and whoever brought these gifts in, uh, highly. Highly liked by us here. I'm going to have one right now. Um, boy, there's a lot going on. Listen, let me just do a, a, an odd transition. Uh, this, how about the Ark of the Covenant? What do you know, Mike? Do you know much about the Ark of the Covenant other than Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, no, I, I do know that um, if, when somebody touched it, when they weren't allowed to touch it, they died. Mm-hmm. But it, no one knows where the Ark is. No. If it even exists. Or if it, right? So I'm reading this article. This is from Relevant Magazine. The location of one of the Bible's most infamous ancient relics has befuddled archaeologists. Now, um, this is interesting. Let me go. Ba, 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 ba. The Bible has no record of what became of the Ark of the Covenant following the fall of Israel to the Babylonians in 587 B.C. Uh, now, uh, one popular American legend says that it was captured by the Nazis before it melted their faces off. Of course, <laughs> that's that's the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. Research finds that two people who claim to have seen the Ark, one was a 105-year-old priest who said that twice in his lifetime, a so-called guardian of the Ark had passed away. And a new younger man had to be trained in the religious rituals of the mantle. On these occasions, the researchers say the old priest saw the ark and described it as a gold box with two winged angels on top. Now, apparently, new information says that the lost ark of the covenant may be under secret protection in Ethiopia. How about that? Um, Ethiopia. Yep. Mm hmm. Uh, the theory would be that a group of Jews sneaked the Ark away from the Babylonian conquerors and took it to Egypt, eventually fleeing up the Nile before arriving at the Ark's current alleged resting place in Ethiopia. Monks at the Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion in the city of Axum, A-X-U-M, told investigators that the Ark of the Covenant was hidden within but would not let them see it, which, judging by the end of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I've been referencing, is for the best, and say that this is where things start to get really uh, like an old action yarn, which, of course, you know, was the old priest, 105-year-old guy, the Nazis with the melting faces. And uh, so um, will we ever see that? Will ever, ever will technology ever uncover the, uh, the covenant? The, uh... Do you think it's still around? I have no idea. Does it does it matter with my salvation? Does it make absolutely a di- not exactly? No. So I mean, do, do, it's just it's just a really cool artifact. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe would it be cool? Yeah. Do I want my face to melt? Absolutely <laughs> not, because I want to enjoy me some Whitman samplers and some Ormonds from Beaver Falls. 
gigantic donuts uh, before I pass away. Yeah, uh, does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. But it would be very interesting to see if it would be uncovered. Hey, um, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, this is another weird thing. Uh, so I'm reading today, you know, so Cass not here, so I'm delving a little bit deeper because we're, you know, lacking in conversation. Not that this is not itself actually fascinating. Between Whitman Samplers, the Ark of the Covenant. How about uh, Albert Einstein? A handwritten letter in 1954 by uh, physicist Albert Einstein. The Nobel laureate is dismissive of religion in general, and Judaism in particular is expected to bring a seven-figure price when auctioned by Christie's in New York City tomorrow. Uh, The so-called God letter written to philosopher Eric Gutkind, Einstein wrote that the word God was, quote, for me nothing but the expression and product of human weakness, while calling the Bible a collection of venerable but still rather primitive legends. Einstein wrote the letter after reading Gutkind's book, Choose Life, The Biblical Call to Revolt, a volume urged upon him by Dutch philosopher and mathematician Ludzing Brouwer. Without Brouwer's repeated suggestion that he read the book, Einstein wrote he would not have engaged with the text because its arguments were written in a language which is inaccessible to me, specifically its spiritual references. So uh, the conservative estimates, as um, Einstein sort of is dismissive, not sort of, he is dismissive of religion and Judaism in particular, somewhere, uh, somewhere expected to reach somewhere between a million and a million five. That doesn't matter either. doesn't matter what, you know, whether you're a smart guy or you're just a regular Joe. Um, does it matter what your opinion of religion is to the public? I don't think so. I think uh, if you embrace Christ as your Lord and Savior, that will be the, uh, the, the best route. The, uh, the surest route to a holy life. So wherever Albert Einstein is right now, he knows and we don't because he's gone before us. We'll take a break. Come back. We're going to talk about Advent Explained. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. People drop out of the Lord's work. They drop out of church. They drop out of the Christian life because they think, I can't win the war within. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 donut hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? 
Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. For over 50 years, Chuck Swindoll has provided biblical insight for living. Now that wisdom is available in the Swindoll Study Bible. Scripture is practical. It addresses life as it really is. I want to make the complicated simple, but not simplistic, so that anyone can grasp scriptural truth and deepen his or her walk with Jesus. That's my goal, and that's what you'll find when you read the Swindoll Study Bible. Get your copy today. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. If you are working the season at home in your own life, this is, I would say, day three of Advent, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Elisa Wilkinson is with us. Elisa uh, is the film critic at Vox.com. She's been writing about film and the, the culture since 2006. Her work has appeared all over the place. Rolling Stone, The Washington Post, Vulture, RogerEbert.com. Uh, she's also a, a member of... Um, uh, the New York City Film Critics Circle, and um, she's just a, a fine writer. Before that, I think we, we met, first met Elisa uh, way back when she worked for Christianity Today. Elisa, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. good. Thanks for being with us here today. No calf today, so it's you and I having a conversation. But hey, be- All right. before we start the conversation, um, talk to us, tell our audience who does not know, maybe not know, but uh, what Vox is. How would you describe Vox. Uh, yeah, Vox is a kind of a general interest news site that tries to provide context behind the news. Um, so, you know, we cover all kinds of things um, in my department and culture. We often find ourselves trying to help people contextualize the pop culture that they're encountering okay. um, or understand kind of the headlines of the day with some extra context, maybe, um, you know, historical or 
um, cultural, or sometimes I get to write about theology. That's good. Yeah, I break it. I give it a thumbs up to Vox.com because it, it is a it's part of my daily reading. So I, I do love Vox. I, I give it uh, give that thumbs up. But so talk about that then. Uh, we want to talk about Advent, but I'm also curious about you as you write about theology to not necessarily a crowd. I mean, Vox is not a Christian site. There's you know, um, but you do talk about theology pretty pretty freely. How does that work within the offices of Vox? Yeah, I mean, you know, there are people of all kinds of religious backgrounds or or no religious background um, on staff, um, but a lot of, you know, what matters in the world right now is driven by religion um, in, and the ways that people are trying to find meaning, whatever that means. So, um, so for me, it's great because pop culture is just rife with uh, all kinds of Christian symbolism these days in particular, and um, writing for an audience that isn't super familiar, perhaps, with all of those things means that I get to explain them hopefully in a fresh way um, without falling back on, you know, kind of the tropes that Christians use among themselves yeah. or the understanding that we all believe a certain thing. Um, it actually forces me to think a little more broadly about how I'm going to explain whatever it is I'm talking about, whether it's, you know, allusions to the Nicene Creed that appear in the Blade Runner movie or mm-hmm. something totally different. Oh, I love it. So it's it's good in a lot of ways, right? So you're informing the uh, the uninformed and also in some ways uh, strengthening your faith as you have to break things down to a more basic level. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. Okay, so talk to us then. So you wrote a piece at Vox about Advent Explained, from chocolate calendars to reason church, the season is all about anticipation. Now, I think the truth is a lot of Christians still don't get Advent either or really know what Advent is or even take part in the season. They just think it's Christmas season. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, I think it you know it very much depends on what tradition you're from. Um, I grew up in an evangelical tradition that did light an Advent wreath, and that was part of us, um, as, you know, as a church and kind of what we did. Um, I now attend a church that's very into Advent, and it's, you know, a very important um, month on the church calendar. And some people just haven't even sort of heard of it. So um, I got interested in not just what is Advent and the way it's celebrated today, but also, like, where did it come from and how has it been celebrated over time? And I found out some really interesting things as I was doing the research. Excellent. So Advent, as you write in the piece, uh, means arrival. But Advent is, isn't one of those things that was necessarily God-ordained, that this is, you know, this is Advent a biblical thing. I mean, Advent just kind of sort of happened somewhere, you know, 500 B.C. or so, or A.D., Right. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I think the Christian Church developed over time as a way of remembering and sort of formally remembering the same way we formally remember, like birthdays, for instance. We're formally remembering the time leading up to Christ's birth, and so it really is a time of um, re-experiencing the kind of waiting that um, people experienced, you know, in the time when they were waiting for Christ to to come. And the idea is that we will uh, experience that every year, and we'll experience the longing um, and the the joyous conclusion of that every year as a way of remembering, um, you know, what what people were were waiting for the Messiah to come. Yeah. Um, and and so that becomes more institutionalized over time um, through the church calendar, and is celebrated in most Christian traditions for that reason. So for Sundays in Advent, and that means you know Advent can be twenty three or twenty four days long depending upon the calendar for that particular year. Of course, Christmas is not a set date. But with with a, with that four Sundays, and to keep people, I think, especially on track, especially you know young kids or well anybody who wants to travel along the Advent season, 
the the rise of the advent calendar has um sort of crossed over from christian life to mainstream life and so people who are following advent may not even know it's a Christ, christian tradition but in some ways it all points or it has the same road which essentially is our arrival on christmas day yeah that's right and so you see calendars you know were developed by german lutherans in the 19th century um and then they've kind of been through a lot of evolutions since then, but they kind of came to the U.S. after GIs who came home from the war brought them home with them because they liked the tradition. They wanted to continue it with their children. Um, So you can buy all kinds of Advent calendars. Lots and lots of people use them kind of as a way of helping children build anticipation for Christmas Day. Yeah. just as much as, you know, remembering the season. And I, and I love in your article, you sort of hyperlinked all these different places, you know, the, the Needlepoint Advent calendar <laughs> sold by mm-hmm. Land's End or the Norman Rockwell calendar. Or, I mean, you know, it gets kind of racy as well. It involves <laughs> beard oil or alcohol. I mean, it runs the gamut of the Advent calendar. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, it, it all kind of has the same idea, which is that we have these little moments that are going to build excitement for this day that's coming um, and this great day of celebration. So, you know, I I know people who might be frustrated that, um, you know, maybe it it feels like it's been commercialized or taken outside of a Christian context, but, you know, there also is this sort of grace that God, I think, built into the world that this time of anticipation, you know, it really does something for us. It helps us to remember that, you know, this, what we have right now, the here and now is not everything, um, but there is more to come. Nice. Okay, so then in this glorious age we live now with Netflix and Amazon Prime, there's something that you talk about, which I love, that in the Nordic countries, they do an Advent television season. Tell us about that. Yeah, I love this so much, and I wish that we would do it here. Yeah. Um, it it uh, It's a 20, well, every day of Advent, there's like a mini-series um, in, in certain um, Nordic countries. Uh, so you, you're kind of watching like a limited series <laughs> on TV that runs from... Um, from December 1st until Christmas Eve. Um, it's called Jula Colander. Um, and there actually was a radio show in the U.S. Uh, that broadcast something in the 30s and 40s called The Cinnamon Bear, which was basically the same idea. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they also sometimes um, in in Sweden, for instance, you might be able to buy a paper calendar that ties into it. Uh, so, you know, it's sort of this immersive experience. Um, but again, you know, you're watching something and you want to know what happens next. And so you keep watching every day um, and it's sort of building the story to its conclusion. It reminds me a lot of the Advent books that my parents had when I was a kid yeah. that were the story of Christmas. But we were reading a little bit every day. Nice. OK, so then let's turn to the Christian church proper. I mean, you said uh, coming in that the church that you're involved with is intentional in the Advent journey. So can you describe what you do as a congregation? Sure, yeah. The church I go to um, has a very um, strong musical heritage um, and a a fairly famous men's and boys' choir that that sings a lot of the services. And so um, we were at their first Sunday of Advent service this week, and, you know, there's a lot of reading of Scripture and lighting of candles and and offering prayers and then moving around the sanctuary and singing. So it's a long service, but it's the first of four like that. Um, and the idea is just to kind of bring us into this space of this is a this is a solemn and special day. It's the first day on the Christian calendar. It's sort of New Year's Day, and it's the place that we begin our journey towards um, understanding what the life of Christ was like that we reenact every year in the Christian calendar. That kind of concludes with Easter. So we're we're 
beginning a journey um, of of kind of walking alongside of Christ's life. Fabulous. Hey, so talk about what it is to be um, a, a Christian in in an intentional way. Obviously, you know you're you're connected to a local church. Um, you're there on a regular basis, but there you are in Manhattan. I mean, I, I lived in Manhattan throughout the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was not, you know, I mean. Tim Keller had not yet arrived on the scene. And so to be a Christian in, in that time, you know, I remember the Actors Chapel down on 42nd Street, which is about as close as I got to, to my faith. But there, there has been in many ways sort of a, a revitalization of Christian faith in, in New York City, hasn't there? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think about because in many ways it never went away, but, um, you know, a lot of the kinds of churches that have had really long and robust histories have been churches of um, immigrants or churches in African-American traditions. Um, but for a lot of the people who are kind of the young, rotating professional, you know, rotating door of professionals <laughs> in New York, um, yeah. you know, they, they, they New York was where you went to get away from all of that. And right. I think that um, over the past maybe 25 years or so, there has been an abundance of churches that have sprung up um, that are trying to sort of serve those communities as well. Um, so you kind of have those younger churches living alongside these old churches with these long traditions um, and hopefully cooperating at times, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I also work at the King's College, which is a oh, Christian sure. college in Manhattan, and I've been here 10 years, and um you know, and we we're serving you know people who young people who come here and they want to learn, and they also appreciate being at a Christian college that's alongside the diversity of religions that you experience and the kind of plural plurality of a city where you're always with people who don't look like you and don't believe like you, and you have to think about how to live as a Christian in the midst of that. Yes. So, in the midst of all that, would you generally say that to have conversations, kind of like what we're having right now, or to talk about God, you know, um, in you know uh the big the big god or the jesus god um is that do you feel um comfortable doing that or is that something you sort of have to you know not that you're evangelizing on a street corner but it's sure. a little, it's a little more open now right yeah i think it is and you know i think in my experience people um are really interested a lot of times in like why why do you have faith what do you have faith in um, you know, a lot of my close friends would not call themselves Christians, or maybe they grew up in church and they've they've stopped attending. But they're they're interested in that in those questions because um, they are the big questions. And you know, I think generally, just speaking as a culture writer, I see a lot more openness towards those conversations and those stories in the culture at large now than I might have um, if you look back at things that were happening maybe 30 years ago. So. Um, there's just a lot of interest in that. You know, you can see it in reporting. There's more religion writers who are doing interesting things these days at major outlets. And, um, you know, if I go to the movie theater, it's very likely that I'll see something that, you know, that was terrific. One of the best documentaries I saw this year was the new Aretha Franklin documentary. And it's a, it's just the filming of her of her famous gospel album, um, Amazing Grace. And, you know, this, I went to this and I sat in a room full of New Yorkers at a film festival who were like in a worship service for sure. Um, And that's the kind of thing that, you know, you can experience pretty much anywhere any night of the week here. Oh, that's so cool. So this Aretha Franklin film, just a little sidebar, this was a film that she kind of, you know, uh, sort of sat on for a long time that she didn't want the public to see, right? 
Yeah, well, Sidney Pollack shot it in the 70s, and apparently he missed a uh, key piece of equipment um, <laughs> when he shot it. And so they actually had uh, sound and video that couldn't be synced, and they kind of gave up on it after a while. And, of course, in the meantime, we've developed digital technologies that make that possible. I see. Um, but then it got tied up with legal issues. People weren't really sure why, um, but after she passed away, her estate decided that it was a film that they wanted to be out there. So um, so it's making its qualifying runs to be to qualify for Academy Awards, and then it should be out early next year. Uh, it's really phenomenal. Excellent. I would very much recommend it. Oh, fabulous. And what's, what's it called? Do you know? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Very nice. Hey, Alyssa, thanks enough a lot. We kind of ran the gamut on a lot of different topics. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks. You as well. Alyssa Wilkinson, she's a film critic at Vox. She wrote a terrific piece at Vox called Advent Explained, From Chocolate Calendars to Reason Church. The season is all about anticipation. Alyssa Wilkinson from Vox. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we really do wish you a Merry Christmas. And to keep your Christmas season merry, I suggest you give the Springhouse a call to take care of all your homemade goodies. We do beautiful Christmas cookie trays featuring family recipe orange drop cookies, lady locks, cherry cheesecake cups, pecan tassies, and lots more. Our fresh fruit trays and smoked salmon trays kick off a celebration beautifully. Our Heath Bar Cheesecake or Filled Chocolate Log finish it off nicely. And for the in-between, how about our own hickory smoked hams or fresh turkeys or capons? Mmm, good old-fashioned eating. Are you hungry yet? Give us a call, 724-228-3339 at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And then give us a call and place your order today. Merry Christmas from all of us to all of you. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service to help folks maximize their Medicare benefits and save money. The enrollment period for Medicare has already started. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. It's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare service is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. The deadline for enrollment is just days away, so you need to act now. Call 800-735-8803. 800-735-8803 Castle Toys and Games in Beaver Wexford and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened and may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games your local independent toy store Serving area families since 2005 in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. This is Pastor Ben Kendrew of Hillside Christian Community in Carnegie, inviting you to step away from the hustle and bustle and join us for worship as we contemplate the amazing God who took on human flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. 
We welcome you to Hillside this Christmas Eve for a family-friendly contemporary candlelight service from 6.30 to 7.30. May the peace of God be yours this Christmas from your friends at Hillside Christian Community. Of a lot of clouds around tonight. There will be some flurries around very late tonight. A low down to 27. Cloudy and cold through the day tomorrow with a few snow showers. Could be a few slick spots around. High 32. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night. Low 25. And then for Thursday, mostly cloudy. Some snow arrives late. High 34. That snow likely bringing a small accumulation through Thursday evening. I'm Acura with the meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. It just happened the other day, in earnest. No radio, no problem. You know what? Uh, you can now take 101.5 WORD with you wherever you go. I've, I, I installed the uh, the Word FM app on my phone. I dig it. Seriously, um, put it on your phone. You go to iTunes, you'll find it real easy. Uh, you'll find us with other great apps as well, the iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Christian Radio apps. Listen, uh, check it out. You'll never be without WordFM again. Uh, go online to wordfm.com as well. But get that get that app, that WordFM mobile app, highly recommended. Hey, um, our kids have grown. You know, you, you go through this period. I loved it so much. When our kids were little, wasn't it the best? And uh, Christmas is still wonderful, of course, with family. But little kid Christmas... That's hard to replace. But so I was looking at um, how I used to shop for my kids, and to be honest, I'm the shopper in the family. My wife, she's like, eh, okay, you, you know. So for Christmas shopping, I was just like, oh, oftentimes over the budget. I just couldn't help myself. But I'm looking back at uh, popular toys, Christmas gifts of the last twenty years, and and how they've held up. Remember Furbies? Remember the Furbies? Uh, These things freaked me out. Well, they're kind of they were right, and they have not held up well. Apparently, um, Furbies you just don't they, what these huge ears, bat like uh, ears, and these bizarre gaping beaks. That was not a winning toy. Did you have a Furby? Yeah, oh, it, it was weird because the batteries were out of that thing, and sometimes it would still talk to me. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. That's scary. <laughs> I'm telling you, these yeah, things yeah. are weird, man. How about uh, this? Is from the the top game of uh, the top Christmas toy in 1999 was the Pokemon trading card game. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, my not kids, my two boys had Pokemon forever and ever and ever. You see those things? They were, they were all over the house. How about uh, 2000? We had one of these in our house with two boys, the Razor Scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have one of those? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they I were very nice. Yeah. I have one for my two-year-old. You have one? Yes. They're still holding up then, right? Oh, yeah. That's one of those toys, right? Yeah, there's no high-tech about it, Mm-mm. although it is kind of high-tech in a way, just you know, the design, the engineering. Right. It's not like a scooter, but very, very nice. My, one of my kids, uh, my youngest, who's a bit of a daredevil, he drove down the – he went down the driveway, and we have a very steep driveway on that thing. He yeah. thought he was like Evil Knievel. Of course, he couldn't stop because there's no brake on it. He went flying, boom, into the side of the car. <laughs> For, for until we had that car, there was like a little crease on the side. Let's go. Oh, hey, Quinny, how'd you enjoy that, my friend? That was one of those like oh, kid lessons learned. You couldn't say, "Hey, don't do that." You just he was going to do it. Uh, Two thousand and one. Oh, these were, I had never liked these. The brats, the brats. Remember them? The brats. They were a little. They were girl toys. Yeah, uh, I remember those. They were like high fashion, kind of like. 
And that was a big toy. And I, no, you don't have girls, so thankfully, uh, not, well, right now I don't. Yeah, you will. You maybe will, uh, you can have what six or seven more kids, right? Oh yeah, oh, at least definitely. Okay. <laughs> um, Beyblades. I know nothing about Beyblades. Beyblades looked. Um, what was it? Uh, a spinning action. Um, Better than marbles. Uh, do you know anything about Beyblades? What? Blades? I never heard of these. I need to do it. We'll just skip right by that then. Elmo Live? How about Elmo Live? You know, the little talking Like the doll? Tickle Me Elmo? Yeah, yeah. Talking doll. Um, I remember that. Uh, we had a niece that. who had that. How about the Nook e-reader? Yes. Which was kind of like Kindle, but it has not held up as well. I think it fell victim to Amazon. The uh, Nook, I think, was ahead of its time, but it, it's gone as well. So that was a, that was the Barnes & Noble thing, I think. And, of course, Barnes & Noble. Hard-pressed. Do you have any Barnes & Nobles near you? Yes. How many in Pittsburgh are there? Not many. There's one at Ross Park Mall, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's near Ross Park Mall. I don't think there's one in, in Ross okay. Park Mall. One in, okay. Uh, so North Hills, there's one at the water... The waterfront. Waterfront in mm-hmm. in Fox Chapel. Where else? Where else is there Barnes and Noble? Oh, there's it. one in Monroeville, Monroeville Mall. I believe so. Yeah, I went to one three days ago, and and there's a lot of people there. Of course, there is because people like the bookstore, yeah. right? Seriously, when when we were young, when our kids were young, a big Friday night was for us to go to get a slice of pizza, literally a slice of pizza, because we had no money. Then we go to Barnes and Noble and spend easily. Two plus hours wandering around. Everybody kind of like, you know, depending upon the age, we would just go read and browse and I'd sit in a chair. I used to love that. That was a cheap, cheap Friday night. Sometimes if we had a little extra money, we'd buy a scoop of ice cream when it was all over. But yeah, they're gone. Um, the iPad. Do you have an iPad, Mike? Because I don't own one. I do not own an iPad. Mm, okay. I'd like to own one. You would? Yeah. Okay, well, they, they've held up very well, I'm sure, because they're Apple products. Can you give me one for Christmas, I John? will not. I, listen, do not buy me a present for Christmas, my friend. I already got you one. Do not. Oh, yeah. Look, I've been working with Kath for a decade. I've never once given her a Christmas present. I don't believe you. It's the truth. What do you mean you don't believe me? I don't believe you. What, are you lying to you about a yeah, Christmas present? I'm are. not. I do not <laughs> give. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Don't buy me a Christmas present. Please do not. I love you, but, but please take not, it back. That's not up to you, John. It is. Because <laughs> now, yeah, it is. Because now, if you give me a present, you know how that works. You're going to receive? No. No, you, no. You, just because I give you one doesn't mean you have to give me no, one. No, then I'm going to feel bad. No, I'm gonna you go, don't oh, need to feel Mikey bad. Spent- no. Do not. Don't be that guy. I'm going to call up sick that day. No, you're not. Okay. Well, I'll, dr- I'll go to your house. <laughs> drop it off. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me see. The, the last... Cosimo. Do you know what Cosimo is? I've heard of Cosimo. Cosimo is a Pixar-esque robot made um, all the cuter because it learns how to play with you. What? I don't think so. Is that, well, that's like artificial intelligence. That's it's too AI. weird for me. That's well, like the Furby on steroids. Mm-hmm. Like a, they, this article from, where's this from? Uh, CT says it's like a more suspicious Wall-E. I don't hmm. know. Okay, so that. for your son, who is a year and a half old. He's two. Two. He's two. So he's he's two. officially become two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, all time flies. Look, I it missed does. his. I missed his birthday. He, I didn't get him a present. He's not losing sleep right. over it. <laughs> what? What's the? Uh, what's the hot uh, present for a two year old this year? Um, right now it's rollerblades or roller skates. I'm sorry, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. He wants some, some roller skates. Oh, you went to the Word FM roller skating uh, yes, party the other night. Yes, we did. It was a ton of fun. Where was this? This was at uh, Neville Roller Dome on Neville Island. Yes, it that's, was so much fun. Oh, that's excellent. Kenny was uh, DJing it. Kenny. 
Christians. Crushing out all the Christian top hits. It nice. was awesome. Very nice. He was giving away a ton of prizes. It was so much fun. Excellent. Yeah. The Neville Island Roller Dome. Yeah, the next one is, Ju- is January 7th. Nice. And I, I assume that you'll be there. And your son, if he gets a new pair. Definitely. Can you buy a pair of rollerblades that small? I believe you can. Um, now, they were giving out, the Neville Roller Dome drum was giving out um, for two-year-olds these um, roller skates that attaches to your shoe. To well, Mike, shoe. That's, that's what I grew up with. Like, really? With, of course. Before there was any sort of... I never seen anything like it. It was what? so cool. No, it's well, I'm sure it's probably technified, but it's just a piece of metal, right, with the wheel, four wheels on it that you know, straps onto your shoe. Well, yeah. Well, they're, these ones are plastic. Okay. Yeah. And then you, there's two there's two knobs on the bottom where you pinch in and you can expand it uh-huh. or uh, make it make the shoe smaller. Right. There was a wing nut with the ones yes. that we had. That's very cool. Yeah. All right. So, so January seventh, you're going to be there with uh, with your boy. Yep. War FM skate night. All right. Very nice. Take a break. Come back. Our conversation about Advent continues with the case for an early Christmas. Stick around for that. <laughs> WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Do you have what it takes for your marriage to hold together forever? It is not primarily your love that holds your marriage together. It is your marriage that holds your love together. It is your commitment that sustains your marriage. Listen to Adrian Rogers talk about super glue for the family this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at ExtremeTruck.net. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. 
At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Don't miss the first Word FM skate night of the new year at Neville Rollerdrome, Monday, January 7th. Kenny Woods has the audience going in circles every first Monday of the month playing your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental just three more. Details at SkateNRD.com. Word FM skate nights at Neville Rollerdrome at SkateNRD.com. So Kenny G. The Kenny G Christmas music. Is it? Is that from the Kenny G Christmas album, Mike? Very nice. That's not really Kenny. I think this is day three. Is this day three of Advent? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I believe it is. Courtney Ellis is with us. Courtney's a pastor and a speaker, author of the forthcoming Uncluttered Free Your Space, Free Your Schedule, Free Your Soul. She wrote a piece that's appearing right now on Christianity Today's website called The Case for an early Christmas. Hey, Courtney, thanks for coming along today. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Mark. my pleasure. Thank you. So, uh, Courtney, you had a seminary professor who once told you sternly what? Told me, don't rush Christmas. Mm. I think that's excellent advice. And, and I'm sure you took it to heart, didn't you? Um, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Well, I think, you know, he, he had a good point because it does kind of feel like Christmas is rushed in our culture. You oh. go to the big box stores and there are trees before Halloween's even hit, you know, right, right. you can buy your tinsel in, in June practically. Um, and our culture seems like it's in a hurry for a lot of things. So his his point was that we shouldn't skip right to Christmas. We should make sure we celebrate the Christian season of Advent first. That's good, right? Because people do think that this is the Christmas season, but it's not. This is just, it's not just, it is Advent. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm counting down. This is day three of Advent. And so we should let this season go forth for the next, what, how many days is Advent this year? 23 or 24, I don't know. But it's a long, beautiful season, yeah? Right, and it teaches us a lot about waiting and anticipation and hope. It's a really important season, and so that professor's point was, you know, don't don't skip it. Don't be in such a hurry to, to rush through Advent and get to Christmas. Yeah. Okay, so then the theological practices of Advent, uh, they are not, and, and Christmas, as you write, they're not mutually exclusive. The, the, the two seasons look familiar, right? Um they're not identical twins, but they are um, they are twins nonetheless in many ways. Um, but there are key distinctions. So, what do you do as you enter into this Advent season? How does it work for you now? Whether it's personally as a as a follower of Jesus, or as a pastor with a congregation, or as a mom with your family, all these different levels of Advent tracking along. Right. I think that's a great question. I think. Advent teaches us not to hurry, and Christmas teaches us to celebrate. And when we marry those two things, we have this wonderful dance of anticipation and joy and these things that can influence the season on multiple levels, like you said, individually, as followers of Jesus, as as pastors, worshipers, as parents and grandparents. 
And I think what happens when we are really firm and legalistic about, no, it's not Christmas, it's Advent, it's Advent, it's Advent, um, is we kind of shove all of this big grand Christmas celebration into a couple of days, December 24th, December 25th, and by then we're kind of so culturally burned out because we've been hearing Bing Crosby at the mall for two months. <laughs> right. Uh, that, that celebration kind of gets squelched. And the other thing that happens is um, we miss the dual nature of Advent, where we are looking forward to, we're waiting for the birth of Jesus, but we're also waiting with this great hope and anticipation for the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that kind of gets pushed to the margins when we wait, 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 wait. Okay, it's December 24th. Happy birthday, Jesus. And now we're on to Valentine's Day. Oh, I love this. Okay, that, that's really an interesting perspective. Okay, so then Advent is this season of preparation and anticipation, and we're actually waiting for that gigantic exclamation point, that explosion of joy as the Christ child comes into the world. December 24th, we celebrate the 25th. But there's a lot deeper there because it is a second coming, this this grand echo that we will yet experience Go into that a little bit deeper. I mean, I, I love that because I don't think about it in those kind of terms, but that's certainly what's going on. Yeah, Advent and, and Christmas both have this almost apocalyptic sense to mm, them. That wow. The world is ending, but that's a good thing, right? Because when the world ends, Christ will return and make all things new. So some of the figures of Advent really point to this. John the Baptist is one of the prime figures of Advent, prepare the way for the Lord. And he was speaking, of course, of, you know, Jesus walking around on the earth. But he's also a figure to remind us now to prepare the way for the Lord's second coming, the Lord's return. Um, And I think when we let Advent and Christmas kind of dance together, it gives us more space to talk about this second coming and this return of Jesus. My, my oldest son is six years old, and we were talking about Advent last night, and we said, you know, why do we light this candle? Why are we talking about Advent? And he said, because Jesus will be born. And we said, what else? And then there were just crickets. <laughs> and my husband and I are both pastors, and we're like, no, we failed. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, so we started talking about what does it mean that Jesus is coming back? What will change? And yeah. we started talking about how there will be bumblebees, because bumblebees are good, but they won't sting anymore. And we were like, yes, <laughs> you're getting it. Excellent. Okay, good. So instead of just keeping our eyes on Christmas is what the culture is doing, we as believers, with that great hope of the Christ child, knowing the certainty that Christ is coming, and when he does, he will change us forever and eternity along with him, it's okay to blend. But I think, you know, if I was making a cake, I'd have more of the Advent flavor now, of course, and just a hint of the Christmas flavor, because there's room for Christmas. But give me that full flavor of Advent. That's what really what we're going to experience. How about um, uh, somebody sent me a Spotify playlist for Advent, which is wonderful. And, you know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not Christmas carols. They're not. But they are right. pretty much, you know, Advent songs, which that's uh, someone did an awful lot of work to try to find Advent songs. You would not think that there would be a lot of them. They but hard Yeah. But yeah. The, apparently there were enough in there to make a Spotify playlist. So so how how, how about that then? Okay, so. To, to save Christmas for Christmas time, but then to envelop Advent right now. That's what I want to do more than anything this Advent season. So what are you doing specifically? What can I do? What can our listeners do to really be intentional as we track along every day? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's it's really a beautiful thing that the season of Advent is also a season of natural seasonal darkness. It's getting dark earlier than it than it will. We're sure heading is. toward the winter solstice. So opportunities to, to sit with that darkness, with that silence, and kind of feel that deep longing. I know you're in Pittsburgh and it's probably very cold. And you just feel cold. that longing for spring and um, you know, opportunities to read through an Advent devotional or read a scripture with your family and light a candle. It's kind of this protest against the darkness that, yes, the days are getting shorter, it's cold, it's dark, but we know that we have this deep hope that is to come. Um, that's something that individuals can do, that families can do, to look for an Advent scripture reading plan, um, light a candle together is this really simple, beautiful way to remember that this season isn't just about perpetual motion and glitz and glamour, uh, but it's about remembering that the world is is broken, and it is dark, and it is cold, but we have hope, because not just Christ will be born, Christ has been born, but Christ is coming again. Amen. And what a great and glorious hope to cling to in this season of Advent. That surely is. That's fabulous. Courtney, thanks an awful lot. That's a great encouragement for me. I really, really appreciate you being here with us today. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Courtney Ellis, pastor, speaker, author of the forthcoming Uncluttered, Free Your Space, Free Your Schedule. She wrote a great piece at Christianity Today. It's online called The Case for an Early Christmas. Yeah, let's all of us have a happy Advent. Be intentional in this wonderful season. She just made me feel so comfortable, and I've been going to her ever since. After avoiding the dentist for years, an emergency led Pamela to Dr. Megan Stock. She made me feel very much at ease. She didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth, and she was just very easy to talk to. She not only found a dentist, she found a friend. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Change furnace filters check change smoke detector batteries check install co2 detector check make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition when you have pellis heating and cooling service your system check you're ready for anything and be confident knowing a pellis tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies with after hour calls return within 30 minutes Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. We, um, we share over the weekend. Well, you know, Kath and I are in here Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, in the Word FM studio. Then we've got one, two. This is our third studio. So um, 1250 is right down the hall. Then there's a, a studio in the back. Anyway, uh, a lot of us come and go in the studios, and you get a lot of different people in the studios, and you're close to the microphone, and your hands are on the countertops. You know what that's like. It's kind of like your kitchen or your dining room table. There's a lot of, a lot of going on there. 
I'm, I'm a little freaked out by um, flu and germs. I be, look, Mike's in there laughing. What the heck? So what I did this year was I went out and bought one of those gigantic, and I mean gigantic containers of bleach wipes because I do not want some guy who's you know in here two hours ago and I sit down and I'll, you know I'm, his germs are on top of me. Every day I come in right now, I'm bleaching. I'm bleaching the studio down. There's an article in today's uh, New York Times, How to Prevent Nasty Stomach Bugs This Winter. That's just OCD. More bleach. It's what? <laughs> That's just OCD. No, it's not yes, OCD. It, you're going to bleach the studio every day? I am. That's just. No, it's good. It's healthy. Because I am not going to get sick, Mike. I'm not. I'm going to wipe down the countertops. Look, my my mouth is like. It's just overboard. No, it's not overboard. It is not. And get a flu shot while you're at it there, nope. Mike. Get a flu shot. I'm healthy young man. Uh, when, you st- when you call in sick, like two days after Christmas, I'll know what's going on. Hey, thanks for being with us. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.